we don't stop playing because we grow old. We grow old because we stop playing. So that's supposed to be a quote from George Bernard Shaw. I don't know where where I came across it first, but it has a kind of Wildean way about it uh, that I found hard to get out of my head. And I couldn't find where it came from. Uh, failed researcher. Uh, my previous life as a researcher in magazines. But... Uh, um, so where it came from, what play or article, but it's that's not important. What's important is that it gets into what I want to talk about today. And that is play and playing. So I'm John Fanning and this is the Create with John Fanning podcast. How's it going out there? I uh, hope you're all doing well. Um, wherever you are, uh, hope, uh, hopefully this pandemic hasn't disrupted your creativity and uh, mental health too much. Um, So this is episode 30 of my series of episodes on the imagination based around my book Create. Also, uh, just while I'm starting it, if this is your first time to the podcast, try and go back and listen to some of the earlier episodes uh, because you'll get more of an idea about where I'm coming from on process and everything else and especially as regards to walls and doors, the differentiation I make between the two of them, one being away from creativity and imagination and the other one towards it as such, which I get into more in different episodes. So, basically, last time I spoke about spirituality and creation, but today I want to talk about play and a little bit about humour, because they're interconnected as such. So when I talked about inspiration last time, or no, it was the episode before that, Last time it was spirituality, and the one before that was inspiration. So, um, basically, when I was talking about inspiration, I talked about how it's usually the starting point for any creation, and that thereafter we we hone our inspiration into a fully formed creation and such. But before inspiration, or for inspiration to occur, for the spirit as such to engage the imagination, or whatever word it is that you want to replace the word spirit with, whatever spirit uh, engages the imagination we not only need ritual uh, which I got into a little uh, more uh, when I was talking about inspiration we also need play we really need play and fun and of course humour and we need playfulness and so why do I think this well because the genesis basically of nearly every nearly all imaginative leaps, nearly all creative leaps, is when we start to play. And as I said before, for Nietzsche that was walking, like so many other creators. Um, And for others it's painting before they write, or listening to music before they start composing, or sitting in a bath like Dali, or dancing, or singing, or simply doodling in all its forms. 
And then something comes out of the this playfulness and we become inspired. So it's, you know, messing about doodling and getting into other forms of creativity or just letting your brain just sail away and getting in contact getting in contact with with your spirit as such the spirit of playfulness to become inspired so you know the word play usually encourages or conjures up as such um word an image or images of of a sandbox or toddlers or buckets and shovels and such and then there's the theatrical perspective of course of the player on the stage a famous Shakespearean thing, the player on the stage. But the theatre of play, basically, or play as as theatre too. But there are other forms of play. Um, for example, in Hinduism, uh, there's a word, Leela or Leela, which means divine play. So Leela is when we channel the godlike. Again, what I talked about in the last episode when I talked about spirituality. So Leela channels the godlike. When the dancer, again, I talked about dancer and the dance before, but in this context, the dancer is Shiva and the prankster is Krishna. So between the dancer and the prankster, this spontaneous movement uh, arrives. And instead of some kind of mind-making effort uh, of play, so that's a spontaneous idea of play as well, you know, and it can be, and it's associated, at least in Hinduism, with something divine. So this is not something that you tell the body to do or tell the mind to do. You simply, we simply do whatever comes. Again, uh, the dance idea would be the twirling dervish uh, in the Islamic tradition. Um, it's a great example of this. They dance turning and turning to to forget the mind and become one with inspiration or flow or God or Brahman or freedom, which all basically means uh, they play or they get in touch with play. So play is freedom. You could say that play is flow, play is God, Brahman, all those ideas to, to forget the mind. So freeing your mind... Um, an art, the, it's an art, basically. Um, it's the greatest art. when, Because then that's when inspiration flowers, when it flowers with freedom or with play, that godlike play. So this is why a lot of pra- cr- creators have practices to clean their brain out before they get started creating. So like before I started doing this episode, I closed my eyes and tried to clean my head out and just let like a stillness or a silence come into me so that I can have a flow or make this playful, you know, so that I can smile or have a little bit of a laugh as I as I go through these ideas. So basically when creators have practices to clean their heads out uh, or the ego out, um, it's a form of getting in touch with play. They literally get all the negative trash you know, the usual defeatist thoughts that I mentioned so many times in probably the first 15 or so episodes. Um, and so they get this defeatist rubbish and trash out of their head. And some some people do it by journaling, which is something I alluded to before, that kind of idea of automatic writing. 
or others just doodle or others hike or meditate or dance like I was saying just before um, but to use the theat- theatrical idea again they become the player on the stage the creator becomes the player on the stage but the stage is the field that they love creating in so whatever it is you're into whether it's physics or uh, repairing cars or writing plays themselves or painting um, it's getting in touch with that player on the stage um, to literally play so what's important is to become the player to let the play take you over so that you can um, like the dervish you know it's like you become uh, part of of flow so so that you can arrive at those magical moments of flow and inspiration uh, all things which I got into and talked about in previous episodes but probably the best uh, example that comes to me is <laughs> uh, once when I was walking in the woods with my boys I started talking to them about a short movie they were making and it was based on a story of a mad French priest from a uh, hundred years ago or so and he'd amassed this huge fortune and had countless and there was all these ca- countless stories spun about his life thereafter because nobody knew where the hell he got all the money or why he did such a or had such big connections with the Vatican you know very uh, duplicitous and uh, yeah anyways um, my boys were making a short stop motion movie about his life for a film festival and I asked them how, how it was going and they started laughing and and I wondered what, what for you know were, were they, was it just a bleeding lark for them you know they weren't even um, uh, focusing on it as such but they went on to explain to me that the bad guys were going to break into the priest's house. Uh, I said, who the hell are these bad guys? Well, they said, well, they're kind of dressed like ninjas. It's <laughs> like, uh, what? Uh, I didn't say that to them, but in my head I was going, what? And uh, so these ninjas, uh, uh, but, but they, they actually have swords from like the ones, the sabers in, the lightsabers in Star Wars. <laughs> so they fight the this priest um, this nefarious priest to death for his treasure which is underneath his gaff or his house and I was like what the hell are they on about <laughs> this is you know this is for a serious adult film festival down South France and that they got a dispensation to be allowed to enter uh, the competition because they were only 12 at the time so I was kind of like uh, what uh, what the hell are you talking about I said you can't have bloody lightsabers. And what the hell do you mean they have to try and kill the priest? So, and the priest, you know, he has this big, <laughs> he doesn't have a lightsaber. He's this huge machete type sword. So it went on, I went on, went talking to them. And of course, they didn't listen to me, you know, or any of my, any of what uh, I was saying. <laughs> and in my head, I thought, well, that's that idea rubbished, you know, where the hell are they going to get with with, with their mad uh, ninja <laughs> killing uh, priest guys and anyway, so they're not going to get anywhere with that movie. So, of course, fast forward six months later and we're at a, at a film festival and I'm watching these two 12-year-olds climb up onto the stage to applause after winning the festival. <laughs> ahead of all these adults and professionals from film schools and production companies and such. And, uh, 
you know, so why why was that? Why did they win? Uh, you know, and the answer is play. You know, their riff on the priest's life was fun. It was actually hilarious and above all, playful. Because playfulness was in every damn scene that they did it. And I had a French film critic who told me afterwards that every scene was so inspired and so fun. And he hadn't seen such a playful short in years. And that was his word, like playful. And, you know, exactly. There I was being serious, too serious. Not encouraging my wonderfully creative boys to... You know, they were full of play and humour, but actually trying to stymie them with my jaded, serious adult attitude, you know. And a lot of us were just not aware of just how damn serious we are all the time as adults. So those lightsabers and ninjas were the very scenes that got the biggest laughs too. From me too, and everyone else. So, you know, we go around with these, these, these adult heads on. So... What I'm trying to say is play and humour are wonderful doors to the imagination, to that little that little door through the wall into that magical garden of the imagination. And why is that? Uh, well, because it reminds us not to take everything so seriously. Because otherwise we might as well just jump out the window, you know. <laughs> if we're too serious, we're, we can drop into, you know, mental health problems or, you know, rigid stereotypes because for example like nothing makes me happier than seeing my little girl smiling as she reads the novels of Rick Reardon or J.K. Rowling or my boys years ago when they used to read them and those worlds she enters and that they entered into they were created by creators being playful you know they created whole worlds like world building they called it or they call it so they were having fun doing what they do, which is something I got into in an earlier episode. But um, they were having fun because they were being playful and crafting that playfulness and inspiration into a creation then thereafter. And, you know, anyway, if, if life is, as the Buddha puts it, uh, that it's suffering, then isn't laughter and play, um, other than meditation and all and all that, uh, one of the great ways of dealing with it, to laugh at the absurdity of what we are living in. This 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 giant play, as Shakespeare would put it, all the world's a stage, you know. So it's, it is a play, so let's be playful in it, you know. And, you know, of course, and not just from this angle, but the, another, the, the, the capitalist angle uh, is important too, you know. Um, they... People like Google have cottoned on to this, you know, they're not stupid. They understand how important play is, which is a reflection of why it's an important thing, topic to talk about as far as creativity is concerned. They didn't, you know, like Google, they didn't call their online app store the app store, you know, which would have been logical. They called it Google Play. And this isn't happenstance. Because they know how important the word is to society, to people, and how it infers so much positive meaning for people. And so from a capitalistic perspective, Google have capitalized on the word so that they can sell more product. You know, they sell apps to us by making us think it's a playful thing to do. 
oh, go pl go buy an app. Oh, isn't that playful? Anyway, and as I said back in the last episode, in the wall section of um, the last episode of the wall section of uh, of the podcast, when I talked about capitalism and success and encouragement, what we have here again is the commodification of creativity. And of course, Google are not alone. There's also PlayStation and We Play and Xperia Play, and not to mention all the various sports and games and how they commodify it. So this idea also transfers um, from a capitalist perspective wonderfully into luxury products where the ads are also serious, you know. Again, back to that idea of seriousness, because seriousness sells to seriousness. <laughs> so the serious businessman or woman who's the, you know, capitalistic success has to be sold Mercedes uh, or, and or, you know, ridiculously priced watches or craft alcohols or whatever rubbish, uh, some kind of craft lifestyle in a, in a serious way. Um because they're serious adults, you know. So that's why the ads are also serious and so, so sophisticated or just so bloody laughably boring, at least to me anyway, because they're selling seriousness to serious people. And this is different for, from uh, from play. It's actually a, f a form of play, but it's it's acting as such. It's like acting as acting the role of the adult. So it's like a negative player as opposed to just being a player. It's, um, I suppose you could call it play acting because it's not playing. They're acting the part of a successful person. They're acting the part instead of playing. So they're play acting and the, they play a part instead of playing. And the part they're playing, the serious adult, means you have to have the right costume and the right props and the right capitalistic monologues on success, you know, while sipping your, your craft alcohols or all purchased for serious amounts of money, of course. So again, it's the idea of play as fun and laughter as an expression of emotional play that I find most inspiring, not this kind of dead seriousness. So, and, and, and of course, why is that? Well, because we have to harness free play or what Carl Jung called the free child, to have fun, uh, to be playful and free to be imaginative and creative. And Jung said people, you know, can over-identify with their own persona, like the seriousness, and become a stereotype. And ambition, expectations of society, and all this being sold artificial seriousness can turn us into stereotypes and rob us of our freedom and his free child is the opposite to the would you ever go and grow up rubbish we all have to hear at some stage or at many times of our lives so being playful is frowned upon because we're supposed to be serious all the time to to be a real adult which gets me back to the idea of the child again. Um, the free child is the, it's basically the exact opposite of the serious adult, you know, this imprisoned adult, you could almost say. So the irony here is that you can have very serious adults in suits who are actual emotional toddlers. You know, we've all nearly met some version of this type of individual in a workplace 
especially corporate workplaces or whatever seriousness uh, becomes very much a part of the fabric of a workplace, academia or wherever, because they take everything so seriously. And of course, they will never be the ones to imagine new ideas because of that very seriousness. So if they can't joke and have a laugh or have some fun with what they are doing, then how the hell are they supposed to create anything meaningful that changes and inspires people to buy their invention or their creation or not their serious project or object or product. Or so go on, So again, it's you have this idea of capitalism versus the imagination or versus creativity. When you have the serious adult versus the playful free child or kind of destructive child versus this emotional toddler or tantrum toddler um, versus the free child. And that's why you get like corporate tantrums, these specific adults I remember working in an advertising agency once, and it's just like a guy flinging chairs across the, across the, across the, um, the office, you know, through the windows and the doors, you know. He's just having a tantrum because he's so serious. And anyway, that's just an example, and many people have many examples of this kind of stuff. So these specific adults, and I'm not saying all individuals work in a serious job are like this, but these specific adults can't stand even listening to someone let their free child roam, you know, let's look at this thing creatively or from a different perspective. They can't stand someone being playful or funny. It um, basically makes them jealous because they've lost, they're lost in seriousness because they've lost playfulness. They're lost in the seriousness because they're, they've lost complete touch with their free child as such. So they'll try to belittle or demean the creative free child and other, other individuals, hence the the chair flying across the the uh, room when, when this young woman was trying to be creative and come up with a different idea for an ad campaign, you know, because we all had a free child when we were young. When we go into the workforce and universities, we're told to give up childish things, when ironically it is it's the very childish things that inspire and create anything. And this is why so many creators are so playful, because they never let go of their free child. You know, they could be 75 years old and they're still having fun and being playful. Again, as with the serious suit, we all know the playful old man or woman who who still sees the world playfully. They play, they create, and they have fun doing it. So they repeat it and their inspiration, their inspiration is an inspiration to be around. It's a joy to communicate with them. So... If you look at my boys and girls, uh, you know, as opposed to thinking of somebody who's older, um, they're forever creating. They're forever playing. And, you know, that's the connection between play and creativity. So drawing, or they could be cutting up paper, or singing, or dancing, or, I know, creating, like I was saying before, like uh, ninjas jumping down into to, to kill priests with, with uh, lightsabers and... Uh, <laughs> You know, creating houses or spacecraft. We all notice when a child takes over a room and starts making a house or a spacecraft or igloo, imaginary igloo, or making films. Well, they make more igloos ours anyway up here in Maine. Or little rock villages by the stream at the bottom of our valley when we were in the mountains back in France. So, so actually, 
Um, actually, that reminds me of creating little villages out of little rocks with little twigs and all that. That was also what helped Carl Jung make breakthroughs in his own work. There's actually a lovely story about Jung. He used to create when he hit um, when he hit an emotional and professional roadblock in his life. He, he he'd go and create. He he would uh, do sculptures and stuff like that. So, or when visitors from all over the world would be sitting down talking over a meal, Jung would disappear and people wouldn't notice, like, where the hell's he gone? They thought he'd gone to the toilet or something. So they'd search for him and eventually they'd find him down by the water, uh, beside the lake that he lived in. Or he lived on a little island on a lake. And by the water creating these little streams from the land into the lake with the children of the visitors, uh, with a little twig, because the whole point of it wasn't actually do to, to 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 arrive at some goal it was just to be doing it and you know why did he go off and do that well because he preferred playing to talking he preferred his free child uh to the serious adults which makes complete sense so play was essential to Jung's life work uh, and his 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 way of living and he didn't consider his books as his only creative outlet indeed uh, the very thing that inspired his books were his moments creating other worlds playing you know and this was sculpting or mandalas or wood carving or building towers uh, or little streams with children and you know he's not alone um, for Einstein plays uh was a defining characteristic was and he, he actually called it in his book ideas and opinions what a comb combinatory play sort of combining this combining i'm not saying that word correctly but combinatory play and it's usually arrived at with the playing of his violin or i think he used to go off sailing as well in between trying to solve these mathematical conundrums so um, in part of a, he actually wrote this letter in 1945. Uh, he was responding to a survey of the, the processes of 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 these famous scientists. He, he had this to say: "The words or the language, as they are written or spoken, do not seem to play any role in my mechanism of thought. The physical entities which seem to serve as elements in thought are certain signs, and more or less clear images to which can be voluntarily." reproduced and combined this is of course a certain connection between those elements and relevant logical concepts it is also clear that the desire to arrive finally at logically connected concept is the, is the emotional basis of this rather vague play with the above mentioned elements but taken from a psychological viewpoint this combinatory play seems to be the essential feature in productive thought before there is any connection with logical construction and words or other kinds of signs which can be communicated to others. So, when I was a kid, you always found kids outside playing in the street, um, in the fields, and you spontaneously played uh, a soccer game. And you didn't have... Uh, you didn't have to have a set place to do it like with adult supervision and it wasn't always one specific thing you would combine certain forms of play 
and into various other forms of play and to create a different game much like Einstein with his his uh, his play, his combinatory play to arrive at new ideas and to us it was a, it was a blessing much like him and uh, we didn't have adult, other adults around telling us how to behave and much like Einstein he'd go off and he'd have to be on his own to try and meditate uh, in that combinatory play and we um, by doing uh, that as well as children that uh, combinatory cr creative play uh, without you know uh, people uh, looking over us we had to learn how to socialize to create uh, and create our own rules and how to make up when we fought or bickered afterwards and it seems to me that today we're we're afraid to have our kids walk down the street to even get a newspaper without a parent in tow uh, which has become a kind of what many call helicopter parenting nowadays and how can a child be playful if the serious adult is always around it makes no sense um, it's, it, again it goes back to fear I suppose so play has gone inside uh, to into uh, blue screens of video games and other devices that tell us all about the latest child abduction or school shooting or something you know so what does this mean you know we don't we don't take risks we don't again fear we don't know how to organize ourselves autonomously you know we forget or didn't even know how to play and why are so many people anxious then or depressed or suffering from self-harm or getting autoimmune diseases or whatever it is well it seems to be fear because they're even afraid of getting dirty which is this is an idea which has only gotten worse with this pandemic and like you know myself and my brother used to come home uh, after being through the fields in, in Mead in, in Ireland uh, you know filthy we were just filthy at the end of the day covered in cow crap and filth and jumping jumping streams or jumping off trees you know um, you know germs we never heard a word about them you know and you know when we failed to score a goal in Gaelic football or something like that we didn't have mammy or daddy in the background to shout at us on shout us on and say we're wonderful I mean dad was a, a great footballer but it, it wasn't that he didn't take interest it was just hey it's just something you went off and did on your own you cycled up to the place uh, with your brother or with some friends and you went and you played your game you came home and you came home filthy and you might have had a few fights or some kind of madness but um, and if you lost you failed and so what you learned to try harder, harder the next time you got creative, you know. And you challenged yourself and you learned not to let it get you down. It's not about, you know, having to be tough or anything like that. It's it's, it's just, um, it, it forces you to be creative and to look to other avenues of, you know, how to actually physically score a goal on your own steam after learning how to deal with it or after be, uh, dealing with how being let down and such. So we learned how to deal with other kids when there was a fight or a conflict, you learned how to negotiate instead of telling some adult. And, you know, how are we supposed uh, to interact with others or, or ourselves if we're not free to play and learn from the play that we're playing? And, 
you know, you don't have to go anywhere. There's no road. You don't get to discover it. This it's just the fun of creation, uh, creating a goal or creating like a physical goal in the back of a net or a project. It's it, it's it's got to be playful, and there is risk and there is failure. But the creators having the most fun, the ones immersed in their work or in their flow, uh, create the most work and the greatest work. You know, because they're having a laugh. Um, and they're not taking it too seriously. They're just going at it and they say, oh, what will I do next? Oh, what about this? Oh, what about that? So joy or inspiration comes when you forget the rules. You have to know the rules. doesn't mean you shouldn't know the rules of your field, you know, but it simply means you have to play with them after you've learned them. And uh, children love creation uh, and accept it naturally and understand it intuitively. And we are conditioned to forget this wonderful understanding as we grow into adults. So I suppose what I'm trying to say is forget seriousness and embrace your free child to get creative and to walk into that garden, uh, through that wall, through that door, into that garden of the imagination and laugh at the seriousness so as to have fun with creating and create from freedom, not the prison of seriousness and be, be playful so so thanks for listening I, um, I started what I think with what I think is a quote from an, an Irish writer uh, but as always I'm going to end the episode with an Irish proverb and this one means you doesn't care where it sets its foot <laughs> you doesn't care where it sets its foot is come lesha on oiga kolagan shiakos is come lesha, is come lesha noiga, kolagen, shiakos. So, as I bang on about every time at the end, uh, this is supported, this podcast is supported by you, the listener, uh, via the Patreon page. This ain't no uh, radio show, no advertisers, none of that rubbish. Uh, nobody telling me what to do, you know, being independent as such. So, if you want to support the podcast, uh, go to patreon.com forward slash John Fanning, uh, G-O-H-N-F-A-N-N-I-N-G. And then my website's the same thing, G-O-H-N-F-A-N-N-I-N-G dot me. And you can get the podcast there and you can uh, get all that um, social media stuff. I'm not very active on it, but it's present and it's there. So if you want to contact me, you can try to contact me through that or through the website. And if you can't afford to support the podcast, that's fine. Someone else um, will um, just make sure to subscribe to it uh, on iTunes or wherever it is that, that you're listening to it. And try to leave a review. And just be, be trying to um, just share it with people or tag it or uh, let other people send an email, somebody, uh, an episode, uh, if you think it's interesting. And would help them. So thanks for listening. Uh, if you look, um, and that's it. Basically, it's been cool sharing uh, about playfulness today. And until next time, uh, try to be playful, uh, to get creative, and get into imagination. And as usual, uh, always try to be as benevolent as you can. So shlan live August ganarium bohlev.